Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD, a new jam that champion, DAD JTJ. Oh, it feels good to be the champion once again. Hello, Oliver Davis, and a hello to you, Swath Nation. How the devil are you? Tired. But but <laughs> what? Like, have you felt any other improvement? I know it's a it's a work, right? It's all kayfabe. But when you hold the belt, yeah, it does. There is, you, you feel good. I feel pretty good about it, particularly because Pete was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that also that sometimes somehow makes it feel better. Yeah, well, it's 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 a mark of how much he worked himself into a shoot. Well, here's the thing. So, like, Pete was Pete was quite visibly sad, and that genuinely made me feel quite bad because mm. I don't think Pete thought that it was fair for me to jam in my jam in the jar contract jam ain't fair well j- a jam ain't fair you're absolutely right on that one it's what everyone says uh these days so i i get that and he did genuinely look quite upset about it and that made me feel bad so i hope that i never win the jam in the jar again and have to, <laughs> and have to jam it in on pete because it's it's quite sad to take something off of him yeah i, I mean i don't know where he got the idea from that that wasn't how so the jar i, I know how this happened. okay so what happened was pete was champion when the jam in the jar was created and we set up the rule that anyone can the winner can jam it in on any main event and they can predict the match and that overrides it mm-hmm. and pete said well that's not fair <laughs> because you can just pick roman reigns and you'll always get and you're guaranteed to win well, that, like, and much we, like the actual Money in the Bank briefcase. That was the argument that we made, was that, well, like the actual Money in the Bank briefcase, it gives you almost an unfair advantage. Mm. So we then talked about the possibility of you can't jam it in, un- or you can jam it in, but you have to pick the opposite of what the champions already picked for that main event. Mm. But that just meant that Pete always picked Roman. So Pete himself was unfairly working the system so that no one would ever jam it in on him. You see, what I don't get is what would happen if someone else was in the match. I thought that's where we were having the trouble. You know, like yeah. if, if it was me versus Pete and you came in and you're like, well, I'm picking Roman now. Does that mean Pete also has 
Big E, along with me, say in this example? Well, we hadn't actually quite worked that out at that point. Really, what we should—that's what been... I thought was the sticking point. That's when you were like, "Well, I'll jam it in now," and no, I was like, no, "That works." No, the sticking point was Pete thought it would only work fair <laughs> if you pick the person that that hasn't already been predicted. Yeah, but then Pete just always picked Roman, which always guaranteed that he was going to keep on winning. Funny that. So funny how he wanted the rule that would keep him champion. <laughs> that benefited him the most. <laughs> um, do you know who I like though? I like Oh. Sean Minot, who says a five-star podcast oh, would be nice. seven in the Tokyo Dome. The AEW reviews are my favorite. That was left on Thursday. Uh, a new review. FS2 Trappy. I honestly love the days after shows to hear what you guys have to say. Helped me reignite my love for wrestling while at uni. Thanks, lads. Thumbs up emoji. Five stars. That was left on Friday. And then on Saturday by Broken Andy Barser. You, the most consistently consistent content you could ever ask for. Keep up the fine work. Shrimp emoji, cowboy hat emoji, <laughs> uh, and uh, whiskey emoji. I forgot about the gimmick we used to do where we read out every single emoji. Oh, yeah. And then people thought it would be funny to leave like a hundred different emojis. Particularly flag emojis because we didn't know what oh, the flags were. Oh, yeah. Flag in hell. <laughs> so we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is that where they stopped? That's where they stopped. Ah, yeah. we could have had a run. None on Sunday, I'm afraid. The streak. The streak currently stands at three days. Well, oh, oh that's good. That's, yeah, that's, that gives a bit of incentive, doesn't it, yeah. for future ones. Speaking of future uh, things, you didn't lose Wrestle League. No, no, very happy about that. Laurie, in fact, won, uh, lost Wrestle League. Well, there is some debate right now over who really came last. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Have you not seen this in the office chat? I just saw that I won. Yeah, and then you're like, I'm out. Boom. I won Wrestle League. Boom. How amazing. So uh, let me... Is Laurie saying that he didn't lose? So the final Wrestle League standings, and this isn't like official locked off forever. No, because Pete has Pete is the person that does the Wrestle League standing. So Pete can go through it with a fine tooth comb and make sure that everything makes sense. Yeah, like, and a lot of these, there's small margins between them. So like a, a recount could be demanded. Um, but... So this is done by Andy. Luke, with 48 correct predictions since yeah, SummerSlam. That's right. Well earned. Pete, 47. Good run by Pete. Not only did you beat him for the championship. Via Jam in the Jar, because I did, hey. lose, I did lose 5-2 in the actual like, prediction score. Survivor Series is not my event. I was just about to say, though. Like, you know when people say, but the history books will record a win for Luke. I was like... But the history books also do count the method in which they won it. Yeah. so I, <laughs> I if, hate that saying. So I don't know if you've seen this, actually. A Twitter account has been started mm. that's keeping track of, like, the uh, the championship like and the ways that they were won, the events they were won at and stuff. And when they posted that I won despite losing 5-2, a lot of people were like, yeah, well, how does that work? And, then you, go, and you go like, oh, it's the jam in the jar. And I guess a lot of people didn't see the Money in the Bank show, <laughs> so you have no idea what that, And we didn't really bring it up a lot on shows. No, you have to you have to sit through hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content to get maybe a few mentions yeah, of that step. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I had it at Summer Jam because I <laughs> announced my kid via that one. Jammer Slam. <laughs> Jammer like, Jam. But that was pretty much the last time it's been mentioned. Yeah. A bit like, you know, like the manservant thing. You know, what are you talking about? That's been you, you went on holiday a for a week and Pete went on holiday for a week and then you just 
kept forgetting to wear the bow tie. Yeah. And uh, Pete just sort of stopped asking you to do things. There were a few bits that we did. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Yeah, so Pete came second. Of course, that means because you came first, you will get to choose your, I guess, challenger. Challenger for uh, Royal Jamble. But you might not be champion for Royal Jamble. Why not? Oh, no, you will be. be. That's the next time. I basically get like a a minimum 60-day run (laughs) because I'm not defending the belt until the end of January. Uh, yeah, Pete got 47, Andy got 46, tied with the Blomps at 46, Ollie, 44, Laurie, 43. Here's where it gets interesting. Tempest, 42, did not submit Survivor Jam's predictions. Well, that's his own fault. In the past, we have been like, oh, okay, you know, what would you, seriously, what would you have predicted? I would be surprised if he got nothing right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. But so. he also did not submit. So Laurie's like, well, you know, Tempest is just, a, this is a quote. I don't know. Tempest is just as much as an on screen person as I am. <laughs> I mean, actually, you know what? He's not wrong there. <gasps> Pete, update. Tempest sent me his predictions just after the deadline. He finished on 45. <gasps> what did Laurie have to say about that? Well, can I put in my missing predictions then? That well, no, but it wasn't after he did it before the show. Laurie's lo, what Laurie is saying, and I don't know if I believe this. Laurie is saying that the only reason he lost wrestle, yes, and I'm doing and for Buck for podcasters, I'm doing massive Bucky O'Hare is he didn't submit his predictions for full gear. Mm. Then it turns out he did submit his predictions for full gear, but he didn't do like he missed a couple of them off or something. I I think Laurie just lost this league, but is now looking for reasons as to why he lost the league. I think he's got to take the L. I think he's got to take the he's got to take the L for Laurie on this one. Chiefly because I don't want to do another one. Well, yeah, I mean it's, it's either you, Laurie, or Tempest. And yeah. I think in this scenario, it's probably Laurie. Well, it wouldn't be Tempest because no. he finished on forty-five. Yeah. And you beat Laurie. I beat Laurie. Yeah, but everyone saw the predictions made. On the Survivor Jam's predictions. He certainly did. Laurie knew what was on... Laurie knew the stakes there and then. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, you did your uh, prediction, your your losers video today. Oh, my God. We're, okay, right. Well, we'll talk about that in the outro because we... Uh, <laughs> you probably we, won't. Because we've got four minutes until the end of the show. Here is the uh, podcast. Here it is. Austin Theory is in the main event of Raw now because he found an egg. Actually, he didn't even find an egg. He stole the egg. Ah, oh, okay, well, this is a bit of a point of contention, isn't it? He didn't steal the egg. So what happened was, according to Austin Theory, what happened was, we'll get into the show itself in a second, he took a selfie with the egg and then security were coming into the room and so he panicked and left with it. He took it by... Stole the egg. He, didn't st- he took it by accident. Stole the egg. That... T- taking something by accident. Yeah, that's what he. That's, that's apparently what happened. I I hear taking something by accident and then not returning it. That's a that's a steal. <laughs> Come on, but you know. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD, and also your new Jam That Champion. This is the Raw Review podcast. It's broken our brain a bit, but what can help me with just an insane fury at wrestling? I know. How about 
some sponsor cam beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk we are sponsored by beer thank you very much beer 52 if you live in the uk you can get 10 free craft beers delivered straight to your door just for the price of five pounds 95 which is postage and packaging um yeah we've we've been sponsored by beer 52 for years uh luke luke was a, a subscriber to beer 52 long before they they approached us they're a fantastic service they help you appreciate beer. This is fancy beer. It will expand your palate. And then you get a little snack, a little magazine. It's fantastic. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. We'll talk about it more in the break. Well, I'll go through my favorite thing at the moment, the egg. I was so excited for the egg. I legit woke up this morning. Actually, if you haven't seen Survivor Series, if you haven't seen Survivor Series, Vince McMahon made his return. He had a $100 million egg. Someone stole the egg. That was the big hook coming into uh, tonight's episode of Raw. Yes. That was the, that was the main storyline coming in. So we open tonight's episode of Raw. Vince is like, where's the egg? He threatens to fire Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville. And it starts a night-long storyline where pretty much exclusively the undercard and Kevin Owens are looking for this egg. Yeah. Because whoever finds the egg gets a shot at the WWE Championship tonight. Yeah, so I am... Um, were you disappointed by all of this? I was disappointed. Same here, because I thought it's Vince McMahon. It's a storyline. It's a whodunit. Vince mm. loves a whodunit. I really thought this would be something a bit more. I and we're not saying good. No. I did not want it to be good. I well, wanted it to be stupidly ridiculous. So I said this on the Survivor Series post-show that uh, Adam and I did, which is that when Vince's back is against the wall and ratings are low, he goes back to what he knows best, which is big, muscly men, mm. women in skimpy clothes, mm. heel authority figures. Oh, yeah. A whodunit, because he loves like a mystery, like, oh, you've got to tune into Raw to find out... This, that, and the other. Kind of soap opery. Exactly. And Vince McMahon as an on-screen character. And people called Austin. <laughs> but absolutely, there's number six. So I said, I said to him, I was like, oh, that's what this is. And it's quite great because I'm really looking forward to this. It's the first time I've actually been interested in watching Raw before Raw has started this year. In a car crash way. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it would be really, really fun. What I hadn't anticipated, though, is this isn't a ratings thing. This is just more of the brand integration. <sighs> yeah. And the reason why this was a two-night brand integration thing, I was listening to um, Fightful about this, apparently Netflix have paid seven figures for this sponsorship spot. It's weird, isn't it? Because you thought The Rock, I thought the, that this would be more of a favor or, or something well, for The Rock, but it's not. According to Andrew Zarian, he was supposed to be at Survivor Series. Like oh, really? The, the discussion was earlier this year that he was going to be a part of Survivor Series because it's the anniversary of The Rock. It's going to be sponsored by The Rock's movie. The Rock is going to be there. Mm. And then The Rock no-show. Well, not in no-show. He basically said in September, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be there now. So I guess because they, they held a party and the guest of honor didn't show up. Like the production of movies takes precedent way over WWE 100%. events. Even even promotion for his own movie and and shifting production schedules. Well, but rightfully so because the production of a movie costs millions and millions of dollars 
sometimes in a day and like tiny delays really rack up costs so with everything else that's been going on oh no production's been moved back to november ah but i'm doing survivor series no you're not fair enough yeah so that's so netflix paid reportedly Hmm. seven figures for this sponsorship deal and that's not even counting the extra nine figures for the egg (laughs) apparently so yeah so that's the real one that's why we got this two but like this show really did present that the only important thing coming out of survivor series was this egg so i i told you this earlier my kid's not sleeping well at the moment Mm. i had a kid by the way uh so i watched this show live let me tell you this show's impossible to watch live did it's, uh oh my god it's so boring did it help the baby get to sleep the baby slept fine like because the baby like will only sleep on like one of me or my wife at the moment like she'll sleep for a bit in the car and then she'll get up get really grumbly and if you hold her she'll fall asleep so she fell asleep on me while mm-hmm. watching it good i don't know how anyone watches this show live ad breaks ad breaks the recaps oh my god it's it's so hard to watch mm. live it is impossibly boring well you know the ratings hear you out and when it got to the second hour i thought to myself oh, there's only about half an hour left of this i was shocked when i saw it. I was like there's an hour left of this show anyway what i thought though when i you know i was up at like half 12 waiting for the show to start i was like ah oh, excellent because There'll be loads of Vince McMahon wackiness with the egg. Mm. There'll be loads of this throughout the show, and that'll be good. There was only three scenes with Vince. It was the first scene with, with Adam Pierce. If you don't find my egg, then do you know what two words I'll say? I'll, I'll, say, I'll say the two words to you, and, and the two words will leave my mouth, and we'll lose our jobs. Have you noticed that sometimes when he does those segments as well, he loads? <laughs> like, he'll... He'll look down for a bit. And I think he's doing this for dramatic pause or emphasis, but he's doing it in the wrong moments and yeah. he's looking the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And so we had that one. And then we had another segment with Sami Zayn where Sami said, I know who did it. And, well, he only said he knew who did it because he was trying to get the shot at the title. Yeah. Well, yeah and, and Vince yeah. McMahon is like, you're full of crap. Yeah. You're full of crap. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. And... <laughs> So, so, so Sammy goes away and you're like, okay, well, he's going to make something up. He's going to come back with a dummy egg. More wacky segments. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. As it turns out, he actually did know who it was. It was Austin Theory and he presented Austin Theory. Austin Theory gave the excuse I mentioned earlier, which was, I was taking a selfie with it. I accidentally left the room when the security were there and I went back to my hotel room. Sorry, I brought it back. And Vince goes, I mean, you stole my property. I don't like when people steal my property. A hundred million dollar egg. But you took us to admit that you were wrong. And I think you should have the WWE Championship shot. And when Sami Zayn protested, being like, hey, you said I could get that. He was like, no one likes a snitch. That was the punchline and the whole thing was over. There was nothing to do with Adam and Sonya again. Nothing to do with the police. All of those... Roman Reigns. Nothing with Roman. All of those geeks that were running around, tripping over tables and stuff... No payoff to any of that whatsoever. And the stars of SmackDown were there because they had, you know, that was the whole, it was like, I want the stars of Raw and SmackDown on the show tomorrow so I can interview everything. Mm. I thought we were going to have so many segments of Vince interviewing wrestlers and stuff. 
plenty of room for comedy and stuff. Well, the show opened with Sonia Deville saying, oh, we've interviewed everyone, Vince. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh that's the one I was excited it. for. So, yeah, and because like, they were there, because the seven on they were, the dark match was a seven-on-seven seven tag match with mm. all the lumberjacks. They had all the stars of War and SmackDown around the ring. You also had uh, Sheamus was in the match. Cesaro, I think, was in the match. Usos, Usos I believe. Usos were there. So the stars of SmackDown were there. And the only people they utilized were Sami Zayn and Jinder and Shanky to run around and be part of the job squad. That was it. Mm. What was the point of any of this? Like, and it's not, it wasn't bad. No, it was. Just, no, no, no. It I, didn't make any sense. But we wanted it to be bad in that sort of way. Like, yeah, I wanted yeah. it to be wacky. But it wasn't wacky. It was just bland. Yeah. And when you've got... Vince McMahon's had Cleopatra's egg stolen. It's, our, it's worth $100 million. And at the end of it, we were like, that was a bit bland, that. How do you get to that? It's crazy that we're sitting here talking about the missed potential of a stolen egg storyline. Because it's the most interesting thing the show has done all year long. <laughs> Apparently, according to Sean Rossap, the original payoff of this was way worse than what we got. I, I, I bet I would have enjoyed it more. Same here. Because this was just boring. And just like to go back to the Sami Zayn thing when he brings Austin Theory in, it's like, it just, it all seemed like such a setup on Sami Zayn's part. Like, oh, I found it. It's a, like, where were the segments where Sami found out it was Austin? Because he definitely did not know in the first meeting. Yeah. So loads of plot holes, doesn't really make any sense, but you're like, okay. Sometimes it's not about the means, it's about the ends. And Austin Theory, a new fresh face, getting a tight all dad ass. Oh, yeah. He's getting a title shot in the main event of Raw. And it goes eight minutes and he loses because he gets himself distracted. I I didn't like the fact that Biggie won by distraction. Yeah. He's the WWE champion. Yeah, so Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins came out to watch this match and Seth tripped Biggie at one point and then Seth and KO started arguing. I like I like the Seth KO Biggie triangle. This was a rubbish episode of that particular story. Yeah. Because it was just filler. And Austin Theory, yet KO and Seth are arguing. Theory's just looking at them. And Biggie hits a big ending on him. So yeah, no reason to protect Theory and defeat here, really. I think just give give him a good match. Exactly. I mean, people have made the comparison already. Jungle Boy came off so much better in his loss to Kenny Omega mm. for the title because Kenny Omega won clean and Jungle Boy gave him a good match and like really like but had a really good showing in that main event. And your champion won clean and he just pinned him, and that was so much better than. Biggie winning by interference, yeah. essentially coming off the back of his loss to Roman at Survivor Series. What he needed here was a big, decisive win. And I don't think it's great. And it didn't protect Theory, because Theory looked like an absolute plum. Yeah. Yeah, it's no good for Theory. It's no good for Biggie. And, you know, we all love Biggie. We all love the New Day. But let's be honest here. He needs to feel more like the top champion of a brand. Yeah, he he still doesn't, and that's not our that's not our fault. It's not so much Big E's fault because he's doing all he can, I believe. But you need to give him a series of hot feuds and matches, like Drew Drew McIntyre. They did a very good job with that. They gave him strong wins. He was having fantastic matches every week on Raw. 
but that yeah this is this is a far cry from that example so do you think that this is a main event push that will last for Austin Theory, or is it back to the mid-card with you come next week? Back to the mid-card for you. It's got a lot of cushion to land on. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I don't think this is really... It, it felt like it was an opportunity to add a new name into the main event scene. I don't think... I think that they thought that this protected him, like this finish protected him, mm. but it really didn't. In fact, I think it made him look way worse. I think they do see something in Austin Theory, though, because he's one of those names that keeps bubbling up into acts. Like, they're trying to make him work. It's but, his second call-up. Yeah, but not in a way where it's... Like where they tried to make Karrion Cross or Keith Lee work. Those just felt like bad ideas. They're actually treating him and his gimmick relatively well. Like winning programs with Jeff Hardy and the Mysterios. Now and he's featured here. Final two of the Survivor Series team. Yeah. Had a great showing at Survivor yeah. Series. So, But no, I, I don't think it's going to result in a push anytime soon. But I do think he's someone they've got their eye on in the future. Yeah. Uh, so my, my message to WWE for this is just book Biggie stronger. Mm. Like, don't be giving him distraction wins over Austin Theory, of all people, who was pinned by Jeff Hardy at Survivor Series. I think I think Biggie could have just won this match clean and it would have been fine. Um, also, it's a three-hour show. This main event didn't, it could have gone longer than eight minutes. Mm. And I stress again, don't watch this show live. Don't watch this show. If you ever get the chance to watch Raw Live, don't do it. Go to sleep. Good Lord, it's boring. Watch your favourite 90-minute comedy movie yeah. twice. Oh, dude, when it got to the 90-minute mark, I did think to myself, I was like, I could have watched a whole movie in this time. And the pacing, watching it like the pacing's horrific. Here's someone making their entrance. Oh, Here's an ad oh, break. Here's a video package. When, Here's an uh, interview backstage. Here's the person who's been standing in the ring for 10 minutes. When Bianca Belair started cutting a promo, I legit swore. <laughs> I was like, just get to them, get to them wrestling already. Oh, well, you, you really wanted that Tamina Belair match. Well, I, I was like, sit, I, sit on the promo. A I didn't know it was against Tamina. <laughs>
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Let's see what you all think. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of your comments over $5 USD. Uh, not an inspiring show by the looks of things. We only had a few chats come in so far. Charles Berg says, aside from having Disney kids show villain aura, I really like Theory. Do you think he's got Disney kids show villain aura? I guess that's the goatee that he's got. Hmm. Uh, I, th- I hope he's used frequently. Security dropped the ball last night. Sca- I know the egg, right? <laughs> They're just letting their egg get stolen. Scary. They are lucky this guy didn't have a weapon. Remember when Triple H folded a fan in half for attacking Austin? I know- Austin Theory getting that egg? <laughs> but- connected with Charles Berg. No, this is more in reference to Seth Rollins being attacked by a fan. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, d- don't do that, people. We'll get into it. Uh, the Gazza Tola of Rock and Roller, Survivor Series 1990. What's in the egg? Survivor Series 2021. Where is the egg? He hasn't written why is the egg, annoyingly. Yeah. Uh, there better be a little golden gobbledygooker statue in that thing or I'm going to be massively disappointed. I mean, it couldn't have been. It was It was Cleopatra's egg. It wasn't going to have a gobbledygooker inside. It was worth $100 million. $100 million. A third. A third of the Rock's net worth. <laughs> what I figured out <laughs> and he just gifted it to Vince McMahon they fail on so many levels That's, it's impressive isn't it and they got paid seven figures for this promotion because as Stephanie McMahon told us no one does brand integration better apparently like her quote was um, it's not even apparently I know exactly what the quote was she was talking about an NFL player and she was like when he scores a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs he can't then promote something Mm. he's just got to celebrate the victory we can actually have the products that you want to advertise involved in our show it's uh it feels like a bunch of corporate guys in suits who 
who think that people want to hear about the brands. And I, I, I'm aware we're about to promote Beer 52, but we love Beer 52. But Beer 52 is a, is a sponsor of this show, but it's not like we are after every segment. We haven't made this a storyline. I mean, but that's not out the question. We like also, we, we also haven't been paid seven figures by them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Beer 52, come on. <laughs> we'll, we'll freaking review the beers. Well, we're, we're doing that anyway. Um, but like... Back when I shaved my head, I asked Manscaped, you know, would you be comfortable donating a prize? You know, because for the, the people who wrote, like raised the highest money are used on the stream. That is branded integration. And they were very kind to when they did. And and like, yeah, that like that that's a way to I'm not saying we're the pioneers of branded integration, but it is an art form. You can say that our next uh, quarterly investors call. <laughs> yeah, but it's something like you've got you've got to balance like not pissing off viewers and not making it all about the brand. It's it's integration. It's not like putting it front and center of everything. I also just think that it's like, is anyone talking about Red Notice the movie? Like wrestling fans, is anyone talking about the movie, or are they just talking about Vince McMahon's wacky egg storyline? In the same way, is anyone... Andy Datsum watched Red Notice last night. And you've got to think, did he do it because of the egg? Maybe, yeah. I say that's a very good Or did he do it because you recommended he watch it? Yeah, he's probably trying to get in my good books. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in, you know, in the same way, does anyone remember the water? Like, you know, or did anyone <sighs> watch Army of the Dead off the back of the zombie match at the, the pay per view? <sighs> Nick Khan, man. I thought when he came in, I thought, well, maybe that's a good idea. You know, he's a negotiator. But I think he's been a bit of a poison for the, the overall, you know, the actual product and putting that secondary to, like, what's the way you're just sort of using it as a vehicle to sell products? Yeah, I know. I, I would, I'd agree with you. But also, if you're Vince McMahon, you're looking at your record profits and how much money you're currently making. And, you, and you're sitting there being like, this new card's a poison to our company. Yeah, no, and well. You're probably looking at me like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so much more rich now. Thank you, Nick. Well, you just see how long it lasts for. Like, it, it's kind of like hot shot booking in terms of wrestling. Kind of like the three hour thing. Three hour thing was really good for the TV yeah. contracts, but it has made for a worse product. We've, we've got a cap on how much advertising we do internally because we don't want to flood everything with with advertising um but yeah b52.com <laughs> anthony velasquez so many masters to serve <laughs> anthony velasquez the egg implications made no sense why would pierce and sonya get fired if the egg was not returned they didn't do anything wrong and why would someone who stole something from vince get a wwe title shot you would think they would get punished well, it's because he had the gumption to admit that he'd stolen it. And he had the gumption to come in and, like, ask for a selfie and things like that. I see a lot of myself in that bag. When did Vince steal an egg? Oh, yeah, but Vince has stolen a lot of things over the years. <laughs> Talent. Um, it makes total sense that he threatened to fire Pierce and Sonia. If they sneezed, he would threaten to fire them. <laughs> Nicholas Lama, thank God for all those budget cuts so they could get that egg. Now, Nicholas, it was a gift. From The Rock. <laughs> the Rock gave it to him as a gift. It was worth $100 million. To, to argue with Nicholas, and for Nicholas rather, he could have Vince could have pawned the egg to well, pay for the talent so he didn't have to cut them. Yeah, no, I mean, that that is a very, very solid argument. Rude thing to do to a gift, though, to isn't it? To off. Yeah. I to save my business, to save my talent. Immediately. But, if, but it, yeah, but if he had done that, then Becky wouldn't have had her really good line in her promo later on uh, to Liv Morgan. Mm. Right, let's uh, talk about Beer 52. You ready for Sponsor Cam, sponsor folks? Sponsor Cam is now, in, it's ready to go. Again, we are aware that we are being critical of WWE's branded sponsorships, and we've we've 
debuted this week. The sponsor cap. My brand new brilliant gimmick. Oh, oh the people cam. love it. Yes, sponsor cam. Walk us through it, Luke. Uh, it's hard for me. I've got to sort of do this here. Uh, so beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk. Get yourself 10 free craft beers on us. An excellent, wonderful service. The good folks at Beer52. Is there a little card in there for us? It's an offer uh, to, to introduce somebody else to Beer52. We're introducing lots of people to Beer52. There is a glass for you to pour a beer out. Don't, don't use one of the bottle ones. We no, bottle we haven't opener. got the bottle opener. I just like because some of the artwork's so beautiful. <gasps> oh, this is the brilliant sponsor can. A neon stout. Look at that bad boy. All right, well let's have a look here. What have we got? Hazy pale ale. Oh, should we go with that? Seeing if there's a stouty one. Oh, co coconut and tonka bean milk stout. You want that? Let's well, yeah, give that a go. That's, it's funny because when when we started this show, you were like, I don't really want to drink a beer. I know, but now I've the seen beers it are now. open, you're like, let's have oh, a we've, stout. Oh, we've lost the feed. Hold on one second. All right, you see that? Oh, the audio. What? Well, so you're going to have some of this, and I'm going to have it out of the can. Oh, nice head. Bit of head for you there. Mmm. So I think we've each got half. Yeah. Right. So, give me, so this give me. is the Garden Brewery. Okay, give me give me a reaction. Oh, oh, I can taste the vanillary tinge at the end. Has it got vanilla in? Coconut. Oh, but with vanilla, with vanilla. That's lovely. That's very light for a five point five percent. Five point five. Yeah. Nine malt stout base. Mmm. Beer 52, not just giving you 10 free craft beers in its opening introductory package, beer52.com forward slash WrestleTalk, but also expanding your beer tasting palette. Mm. Another successful sponsor. <laughs> That's how you do it, WWE. You, you trial some of that. I will do. Should we bring that bottle over mm. to make it look nice? Oh, crikey, that is nice. Isn't it? it is. Oh, you're right about that vanilla. Mm. Lovely. I think the vanilla's getting a little bit of a an accent point with the coconut. You yeah. know, they're kind of similar tastes sometimes, mm -hmm. aren't they? Good work. Lovely. Com forward slash WrestleTalk. Click the link in the video description down below or uh, the ones being spammed uh, by our moderators. You can get some pretzels in there. Okay, so this show of Raw opened up with Dolph Ziggler versus Riddle, oh, which was... But, but was it really Riddle? Well, yeah, so backstage, Randy's like, I haven't seen Riddle since before the... Uh, since what we won at Survivor Series. It's been almost 24 hours, and I'm like... Goddamn, Riddle stole the egg. He yeah. smoked the egg. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought they were going to be setting this up for a Riddle, something to do with Riddle and the egg. Which, you know... That could have been pretty fun. If anyone can handle the goofiness of the egg, it's RK bro. Uh, but Riddle turns up, and I've got to admit, this was Real really fun. funny. Yeah. Uh, he turns up dressed as Randy Orton, but with his hair tied back. So he's even got the goatee and the little tash as well. He was also wearing, did you notice the trunks that he was wearing? They were Drew Gulak's trunks. They said, oh, they? They said Gulak on them. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Papes even said at the end of the match, he can give Drew Gulak his pants back as well. That's good. Um, yeah, so he he literally was because Randy has been saying to Riddle, "You need to be more. Oops, sorry, you need to be more like me 
and less like you. Stop going out there and helping other baby faces. Be more like me. And so Riddle took that uh, literally, and he was Randy Orton in this match. I mean, he wrestled most of the match like himself, because otherwise it would have been pretty dull. But <laughs> garb and stomps and rest holds. And, but at the end of it, he won with an RKO. And Randy Orton almost looked at this as like, you know, Randy Orton, what I like about the Orton performance is he's like, oh man, this goofball's quite annoying. But as the match goes on, he's like, oh, he's actually quite endearing. Mm. And then when Riddle won with an RKO, he was like, it's my boy. My boy won with my move. Then he gets in the ring and he hits Bob Roode with the uh, the bro Derek. And it was a, a not a great bro Derek by any stretch of the imagination because Randy don't like taking them bumps and he doesn't <laughs> need to. But it was ter- it was a wonderful segment. Really, really good. You could see the camera work was quite good here uh, because you could see Ra- uh, Riddle hitting the RKO. Mm-hmm. But in the background, you could see Randy like properly on the apron with this huge smile on his face. Yeah. And up until that point, it, yeah, it'd been grumpy Orton, like, oh, this is stupid. So, And then they celebrated together. Compare this to other times Riddle has tried to do Randy's offense, and Orton's gotten annoyed with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, This was surprisingly sweet. Yeah, I thought this was a very, very sweet mm-hmm. moment. I was, a, I was a fan of this. Uh, people hunting for the egg backstage. R-Truth has got a American football... Becky Lynch cheered like a baby face, Brooklyn. And then she goes, well, you know, uh, boo me now, please. You people wanted women's wrestling and we gave you boring women's wrestling on Sunday's pay-per-view and you you chanted other things. You know, I was talking about that Ridley Scott quote um, just before we came in. If you haven't seen this, so Ridley Scott released a film this year called The Last Jewel that was released in very few cinemas, like my local cinema, um, which isn't a cine world, um, which I, I don't, which is why I don't go to it. Mm. They barely had any screenings of it. They had loads of like you know the animated movies that were out at the time, but like the last jewel was like shown on the smallest possible screen, and so like uh, well seating wise, so it didn't do particularly well at the box office. And Ridley Scott was on Mark Maron's podcast, and Mark Maron was like, "I look like Stanley. Why didn't you move it very well?" <laughs> And Ridley Scott was, I can get the quote for you in a second if you want the direct thing, but what he said was in Ascension, it's the millennials who were raised on mobile phones. They don't want to know history unless it's told to them by a cell phone. Ridley Scott not realizing that most millennials are in their 40s Mm. and were not raised by cell phones. I still remember dial up. Well, exactly. You and I are millennials. I am. I'm pushing forty. I've spent more of my life without a mobile phone than I have it, with. Exactly. Yeah. But it's. It's. I find it quite irritating when a person blames the consumer for a bad thing. Mm. So, like, I made. Well, I it, made, by I all made, accounts, it's pretty good. I made a bad. Well, a lot of people also said that it was a bad movie that you know <laughs> had a really gratuitous rape scene that people were very uncomfortable about. Yeah, and, but you know. So what he said was like, I made a bad product that you didn't want, and it's your fault that you didn't want it. And WWE essentially gaslit their audience here by saying, we did a bad, uh, we did bad build for that Women's Survivor Series match and made you not care about it, and it's your fault that you didn't care mm. about it. I'm Becky Lynch. Yeah, that's essentially the promo, and she left. She had a much better promo backstage later on with Liv Morgan. Yeah, I was surprised Liv didn't come out at this point here. Because she was ragging on Liv. Mm. And it just Becky just came out, ran down the crowd, and then left. Maybe it's just... rapturous applause. It, is, it was a weirdly done segment and placement in the show because then Bianca Belair came out and cut a promo as well. And it felt like 
oh, it's odd for WWE to do the exact same visual back-to-back. They That's, actually do yeah. try and vary it up. It's why I said when Bianca Belair has that kind of promo, oh my God, just get <laughs> some wrestling already. Uh, so maybe it was just like some people were annoyed backstage. Let's go and vent it. I think that's exactly what it is. I think Becky herself was like, I want to go out and cut this promo because people were doing the Mexican wave during the women's. They were chanting for AEW. They were chanting for CM Punk. They were not interested in that match. But in all fairness, they'd also had the the Pizza Hut Battle Royal yeah. prior to that, which I think is still going on. <laughs> so I was unsurprised that the crowd didn't like it, but it's your fault that you didn't. I think that I can understand that behavior. I can't understand the spear on Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Bianca Belair came out next. She talked about being the sole survivor. Funnily enough, Seth Rollins did this exact same promo next as a, as a heel. And she took on Tamina. And I was like, for a moment, I was like, oh, am I watching last week's episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, because they're talking about Survivor Series. Tamina match, boring. KOD to win. Natty attacked her afterwards, but then Dewdrop appeared and beat down Bianca Belair. So what we've got, just like how they used to book babyface Roman Reigns, oh no, no one will believe just one heel against a super strong babyface. There must be at least three people to take them on. So do you think these are a faction now? Yes. But Natty's on... Call them the welcoming committee. Natty's on SmackDown. What? Yeah, Natty, Natty was drafted. They even said this on the show. So Natty was drafted to SmackDown. They broke the tag team up. And I checked today and Natty is still a part of SmackDown. She was on the SmackDown Survivor Series team. I don't care. So I... This is the problem. I thought this would set up a six-woman tag. Mm. So like Belair beats Tamina and then Dewdrop comes in and you do a six-woman tag with the with Rhea and Nikki, but they had to lose later on to Carmella and Vega, and I guess they had no other women that they could put into that. So I thought it, they almost set up a six-woman and then didn't do it. I don't know if this is a faction or just it was a moment on a show, but I guess we'll we'll see next week. Well, they're definitely doing Dewdrop Bianca. That's something that's been building that's for it, a couple but of weeks. Whether Tamina and Natty are involved, I mm. mean, is more the case of it. After that, we got Seth Rollins versus a, a crowd member. But before that, we got Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. It was meant to be a match. One of the few things I was looking forward to when they did the rundown of the matches on the card. So it didn't happen. Seth just beat up Finn before the bell because Finn interrupted his promo? Yes. He didn't get to finish his... Because he was going, I am Seth freaking Rollins. But yeah, it was like one one word he didn't get to say. Oh, the disrespect of uh, of Prince Prince Balor to I, come out. I like that just imagining backstage, Finn's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't play it yet. No, no, no play no, it, play no, it, play no. it. Uh, so he comes out and Seth beats him up everywhere. A couple of stomps in the ring as well. And then Seth's walking up the ramp. And then you don't see this on air, but there's been plenty of like videos that have come out online afterwards. This guy runs round the stage, sprinting in the same way that Seth Rollins runs out the stage at, is it WrestleMania 33 with the cash-in? 31. 31 with the cash-in, and just tackles Seth. So on the actual broadcast, you just see the guy launch out of nowhere, tackle Seth to the ground, and the commentators are like, oh my God, who's this? Because they're probably thinking, oh, okay, I'll call this as a shoot because... We it's, weren't told. It's like a surprise angle. Maybe it's a debut thing. 
let's react. But then the camera cuts to Finn Balor in the ring and everyone stops talking about it. And Finn Balor's like trying to sell while also looking down the ramp being like, is Seth okay? Yeah, so a, a fan uh, jumped over the guardrail. He's only 24, this guy. He was a big 24-year-old. 24, and he's jumped the guardrail and he's attacked him. He was turned over to the NYPD who have charged him now with two accounts. Uh, one which is uh, attempted assault, mm. and one of them is attempt assault of the arts or something like that. I, I'll, I'll get the exact wording for you. That's, that's strong. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't call WWE the arts. Not this episode. Yeah. Um, where is it? You, you carry on. I'll, I'll get it for you in a second. Well, I, you know, I thought this was handled incredibly professionally. I, I was very surprised because usually when fans jump the ring, and you can see plenty of videos like this online. In fact, coincidentally, we've got a, a sort of fan interaction video this Sunday, one of Adam's lists. So it was attempted violation of arts and culture affairs. <laughs> Would not call WWE a cultural affair. <laughs> but the, Seth sort of like caught the guy in a guillotine, which was quite good thinking. Uh, the referee was next to him immediately sort of like laid on top of the the fan. And then like a bunch of other people came out and like as sensitively, as carefully as they could, got him away from Seth and dragged him out. Back in the day, someone would have come down, a bunch of the boys from the back probably, and just started laying it in. Like there's that, is it the Triple H Stone Cold match? At a house show, yeah. Triple H literally gets in the ring and doubles that lad over. Yeah, and you know, it's annoying and it's very dangerous for the wrestlers involved, but really, they are wrestlers, and as long as they, as soon as you have a handle of the situation, you should not just be then putting in shots to the backs of people's heads, which is what has happened in the past. So full credit to Seth, oh, yeah. who got out of this, and full credit to everyone else who trapped the, the fan, and Seth was right back up in a couple of seconds to get the final shot of him backing away from Finn. Yeah, it was almost seamless actually really yeah in very well of, dealt with in terms of how wwe handled this it was almost seamless full credit to seth here because mm. i know you and i i think are the only people in the um wrestling youtube realm and, and twitter sphere and everything like that who have this opinion I really think, well i think everyone else was just like seth should have just kicked the crap out of him no and, it's and a live tv show this is a publicly traded company and you know i know he's a heel but children also watch this. Like you yeah. don't want this. It's very uncomfortable. And Seth is a trained fighter. It's unfair. It's not Seth's job to do that bit. It's yeah. the security's job to do that bit. Totally. So the security, the security shouldn't be beating the guy up either. No, they should just be stopping, stopping him, him and dragging him away. And then it's, taking him to the police. Which is what they did. Yes. So credit to the security, yeah. credit to WWE, and credit to Seth. I don't agree with this stance of Seth should have kicked the crap out of him or the boys in the back should have come out and kicked the crap out of him as well because that's not a good way to handle this situation. You made the point there. They're a publicly traded company. Mm. That could backfire. Because if he'd have hurt him, Seth had hurt the kid, the kid could have sued Seth. Yeah. And it would have been a whole deal. So It would have been like, a, what's like, un over-the-top force in it, response. Exactly, yeah. So Seth handled it the, the best way that he could. Mm. And I, I don't agree with sort of what a lot of people, are, their take on all of this. I also don't agree with Chavo's take on this, where he was like, well, I remember back in my day when uh, wrestlers were <laughs> tougher than the fans. If you ask me, I think we should probably head back to those days. Credit to the fan. Great takedown. 
I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he, he sprinted. Yeah, I do like all the people who would jump into Seth's defense. Like he was caught off. He was caught off guard. I was like, no, no, that fan took him down. He was. He was looking at the camera. Like, but so I can. I don't think he would have seen the guy. Funny enough, even in your peripherals. But yeah, I. The, the, so the, the people as one in the chat is saying that that fan couldn't have sued Seth if he hurt him. There's a reason why there's a warning that coffee is too hot in McDonald's. <laughs> it's because a woman burnt herself on coffee, and because she said the coffee was too. What's funny about that story is that everyone uses that to sort of make fun of like America's legal system. The coffee was too hot though; mm. like it was legally too hot <laughs> for her to consume. But she did, which is why Drank she it won. anyway. Yeah. So she won anyway. So like, but yeah, it, it, it's in America. Easily could have sued and won. The uh, the also like the people who take against Undertaker's comments about the good old days when the boys carried knives and guns. I see the to me the sort of view that wrestlers should continue to beat up fans once the situation is made safe if they run the ring is is the same way of thinking yeah it's a, it's an outdated way of thinking to me uh i'm as angry at the fan i'd probably angry at the security for letting it happen as oh, well yeah. but at the end of the day shouldn't be beating the crap out of people and so so yeah full credit to seth and wwe for how they handled that yeah and the security for eventually getting on top of the situation shouldn't have let it happen in the first place mm -hmm. though uh but yeah he's now uh he's been in custody he wasn't the only fan ejected either um, brooklyn was rowdy yeah there was another fan i think i didn't say this in the news because i couldn't find any like actual evidence mm. to, to show this but you know during those during the street profits match there was a guy that had a sign up that said montez ford is doo-doo I think that was the fan that was ejected. I think he was what he was like mouthing off to Montez Ford during the during mm. the dark match, and that's what got him ejected. Mm. I think it's the same person. <clears throat> Did you see the the shot of obviously Michael Hayes was at the top of the ramp? Fanny right? pack. Yeah, I'm gonna. But have you seen another shot of Becky Lynch being at the top of the ramp, yeah. uh, which we didn't see on TV, just being like. You okay, Seth? Yeah. You want me to handle this? I was going to say, probably a bit more intimidating than uh, Michael Hayes in his bum bag. Yeah. Hey, what's going on over here? I'll go kick that boy's ass as well. Uh, we're backstage, Sami Zayn and Vince with the egg stuff. Boom. Then the Street Profits came out with a duffel bag to take on AJ Styles and Amos. You know the story. AJ Styles worked the entire match. Amos got tagged in. But here's the new twist. There was a fire extinguisher in the bag. And the baby faces just used it for the DQ. So I've got two points I'd make, like to make on this. Mm. I'd like to give you my take on this, watching this on a live TV feed perspective. This match starts and AJ is working it. And then the baby faces beat up AJ Styles. So he tags in a moss. Sure. And a moss steps over the ring. The crowd goes like, oh, a moss is in. And they're like, oh my God, Raw rolls on. Ad break. Blue balls. Come back from the ad break after five minutes, AJ Styles is resting again. <laughs> you didn't see any of the stuff with Amos. And so when, and then they had the goal to repeat the spot again, <laughs> tag him in. And, ex and the crowd didn't react as much the first, the second time round, because of course they didn't. They've already seen it happen once. A terrible way to structure a wrestling match. One. Two, the Street Profits used a fire extinguisher on Amos. And then the commentaries were like, what a great plan by the Street Profits. They really got, they won up them there. And I was like, their plan was to lose? Yeah. How is this a good thing? It's not as bad as Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke backing up the ramp, but it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah, you. the Street Profits lost and the coverage like, got them. And they they're won. the baby faces. 
Yeah. Totally inept booking. Uh, Carmela and Zelina Vega have an interview backstage. I hate the Zelina Vega character now. She's got an English accent. Uh, and they took on Nikki, almost a superhero, and Rhea Ripley, and they beat them in five minutes. We've got new women's tag team champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's again, it's terrible booking of a baby face with the the it's difficult because we criticize WWE for not telling stories, but then they've told a story here. Carmella and Zelina have been bullying Nikki for a couple of weeks now, like, haha, you weren't you're not on the Survivor Series women's team. Your partner is. You're rubbish. You're holding back Ripley. To me, like this, what they're trying to do with Nikki, um, which it seems to be connecting with younger girl fans, and that looks really nice. I'm like, okay, what you're doing this, commit with that way of thinking. But they haven't. She she lost. Quite convincingly. Like she like It was her who lost the match. The heels were right. Like she is she she's rubbish. And she is holding Ripley back. I do think that this is not I I think that they will win the titles back. And it will be Nikki that gets yeah. the win. And that's kind of like the end of the storyline to prove that the heels were wrong. But it doesn't help that they were also right. Mm. Because they just convincingly beat Nikki. Yeah. Here. Like, you, the, like the way to do this is either don't give Rhea and Nikki the title titles already. You make this part of the, the initial chase. Or obviously have the heels cheat yes. to beat Nikki. Yeah. And it was... The other thing as well that's kind of incredible about WWE is that Zelina Vega's from New York. This was in New York, and she came out to zero reaction. Mm-hmm. And she won the titles in her like in her home state, and no one cared. Well, she's doing an English accent now. But how do you? How does that happen? Oh, I don't know. That she's from New York, mm-hmm. and no one cared. Sami Zayn is backstage. This is when the Austin Theory reveal happened. Uh, then we got. A 24-7 title match. Reggie versus Cedric Alexander. And I'm like, oh, sucks to be Cedric Alexander. He's going to like lose. Or he might win it and then trade it around a lot and Reggie gets it back. I've seen this episode. Cedric's name bar, by the way, had the Hurt Business on the top. Yeah, apparently they are still a faction. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, Cedric won very quickly. I was like, okay, well, okay. Here comes the carnival. Here, here's the circus. The undercard run down, presumably because there's no egg to find anymore. They literally went from egg to 24-7 title like that. That's what the job squad are there. Also, did it really... I mean, I I think we know why they uh, they lost their tag titles. Rhea Ripley was part of the job squads. Initially, yeah. Yeah, looking for the... Why was Ripley there? She can't get the title (sighs) shot. Yeah. Uh, But then Dana Brooke beat uh, Cedric. And then all all the guys in the ring were like, oh, I can't... Can't do that anymore. <laughs> Can't be another woman. I, I don't want to be cancelled here. Uh, and then Dana Brooke walked off with it. So she's now the 24-7 champion, whatever. I've, if I'm Reggie, I'm worried because he's not really a wrestler. Do they just keep him round for the 24-7 title yeah, bits? He'll just win it back next week. But then, like, I'll skip ahead to this. A few segments later, Dana Brooke is backstage. She... She gets an interview and she cuts a sincere promo about how much this means to her, how hard she's been working. It's time to show the world who she is. Natalia, after this, has posted a tweet about she's been working so hard. Like, this is great for women, the women's division. All of us backstage in the locker room were applauding her. 
It's the 24-7 title. Apparently, they were all waiting for her in Gorilla when she came back so they could all celebrate together. That she Because this is her first title win in WWE. And I'm sure they had a lovely time, but how ingrained are you in this system that you think the 24-7 title means anything? Like that, like that is worth the applause and Natty's post and that promo. It's the 24-7, it's a joke. This was once used to hydrate Maverick's knob because he was going to have a he was going to sex his wife and then our truth interrupted. Going to sex my wife. This is not a serious. She didn't win the title at WrestleMania. No. She won the twenty four seven title in a joke. Yes, and they're like, oh man, what an inspiration. How ingrained are you in this company? This is like this is proper like what what do they call it Stockholm syndrome mm. where you now think that this is a good thing. I also don't think it helps the message that, you know, I sincerely, it's a lovely story that Dana Brooke, it's a joke title, but whatever. Hey, and they can have a a celebration. This means something to me, this title. Yeah. And backstage, treat it as such, even on Twitter, I guess. But to cut that kind of promo on on TV, and maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe it is a really well done joke, but it didn't, (laughs) didn't it didn't come across like that. So... So what it, it it's I I mean obviously I'm not a woman but I felt patronized on women's behalf. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get on with this much at all. I I couldn't give a single friend about the uh, the twenty four seven picture. Poor Dana Brooke. Yeah. Uh, but was it Dana Brooke though? Oh, I don't know. She looked honestly. She looked at by the end of the promo and she looked into the camera. I was like, you've changed your face again. Yeah. I think this is the seventh Dana Brooke now that we've had since she debuted in NXT. I don't... But, like, Becky Lynch, for instance. She changes her hair, she changes her look, but I always know it's Becky Lynch. Dana Brooke looks like different people sometimes. You know how, like, Charlotte Flair doesn't always look like Charlotte Flair in her promo pictures because they Photoshop... But that's a Photoshop thing. I was going to say, like, that's a Photoshop thing. Dana Brooke is, like, the real-life Photoshop thing that they do with Charlotte Flair. Fascinating. Uh, after that, we got Bobby Lashley taking on both Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Carmel is also from New York as well, didn't he get? Uh, a, oh know, yeah, the Princess of Staten Island. Yeah, not about that. Uh, so Bobby makes his entrance like twenty segments ago. He's in the ring still. <laughs> God, it's such a bad show to watch live. <laughs> cannot tell you honestly. Cannot tell you how bad it is because it it really did feel like it was a. I forgot that he made his way to the ring. Mm. It was that long. Oh yeah, Bobby's there. Yeah, uh, he was. MVP to his credit, uh, who always always tries to make the most of what he's got. Cut a promo on saying like, hey, look, you know, when you go back to your wife, Angie, tonight and she's angry with you for your son getting beaten up, give her my number, pal. Oh. I was like, oh, he's going to have sex with your wife. <laughs> he's going to do a sex. Oh. Uh, but yeah, this was just fundamentally idiotic because you had two baby faces having the numbers advantage on Bobby Lashley. I, d- I know Bobby Lashley's been presented as such a big, muscly man who eats kids, and the Mysterios have been the complete opposite almost. They're legacy jobbers by this point. But still, it still feels weird. I can't get into a story where the babyfaces are trying to tell a babyface story but win with multiple people. I mean, in fairness, apparently I've, someone told me this on Twitter. I forgot I said this. I predicted this match last week. Oh my I God. said it would be a two-on-one handicap match. Um, and yeah, a good match though. I didn't get into it. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I, by this point, I was very much done watching mm. this show. But yeah, like, you know, it was, um, it was a decently well-worked match. I really like watching Ray and Bobby work together. I think they've actually got really good chemistry together. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean much. And because there was no Adam Pierce involvement, I don't really know where the storyline is going. And Bobby won. I guess Pierce is busy because he was doing egg stuff. Yeah. Bobby won. So what's the point? Uh, this is when we got Becky Lynch crashing Liv Morgan's interview. Um, I, I both really like this and don't like this because Becky had some awesome lines. She was like, you should be champion by now. Uh, you've you've embarrassed your friends who aren't even here anymore. Yeah. Shout out to the Riot Squad. Uh, but then Liv just started crying. And Becky was like, are you going to cry now? Are you really going to cry? You're crying now, are you? Or you're crying now? And then Liv yeah. smacked her in the face. I actually, I thought it was pretty good. I thought Liv's performance was quite good. She comes with quite, um, quite likable. You know, I felt I felt bad for her because the bully was kind of like saying, the problem was the bully was also right. Technically impressive that she cried on cue, um, but I, I don't really want my baby faces to cry in these scenarios. It's kind of like Seth Rollins cowering from The Fiend back in the day. Oh God. I don't think that helped him one bit. No, no, that's good. That's a good point. And and when you're when you've got a very big uphill struggle to get cheered against Becky because everyone likes her as a babyface, I I I I thought this was I think this was a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, overall, I do agree with you, but I I think that. But Liv, who cares? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Liv had a very good performance. Thought Becky had a very good promo. So mm-hmm. you know, there's thumbs up to be had from there. Ultimately, I don't care. Ultimately, fundamentally disagree with what they did. But stuff happened on screen and it was competent. (laughs) Damien Priest. In in the tree above that, I don't care. Yeah. Damien Priest came out. He had an open challenge. Uh, Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz answered, but then said they didn't answer. So Sami Zayn answered. They had a match. Priest won. I don't know what, I mean, I guess Cruise and Priest, that's the next program direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Definitely. So, they yeah. set that up three weeks ago and then didn't Did do they? anything with it. Yeah, uh, Apollo and Aziz came out after a Priest match and went, and then we saw nothing of them after that. God, I don't remember that at all. I guess Maybe some, you I, were off. I guess Survivor Series got in the way. Um, yeah, uh, cool. Uh, uh, Cruise versus Priest, I'm sure that'll be grand. Whatever. Yeah. At least we got at least we got a SmackDown star wrestling on this show that mm. wasn't natty in someone's corner. So having all all oh, stars of SmackDown on the same show finally did come to what some a selling fruition. point. Do you uh do you think Damian Priest is a heel? No, I think he's. They gave him the from New York set like um, treatment. So I mm. do think that he is a babyface in this. Um, and hey, at least he got a win because it's better than him losing by DQ at Survivor Series. Yes. Yeah, he, he generally is well protected. Uh, do like Priest. Okay, well, that's the show. I, I, two out of five because there was nothing, nothing terrible. You know, like I said last week with AEW, I'm only going to give it five out of five if there's, it's an all time great memorable episode with like everything's on fire, nothing's bad. It's the same with the one out of five for Raw. I'm only going to give it the one out of five if it's the goddamn worst. And in the grand scheme of things, this was just boring yeah. compared to the rest of this year, which was terrible. No, I, I do agree with you on that one because like, I was excited about the egg stuff because I wanted it to be <laughs> wacky nonsense and it wasn't. And that really was like, they dropped the egg. 
mm. I will say. Egg on their face. They re- yeah. But, man, I mean, watching it live, it is a one out of five show because I cannot figure out the 1.3 million that do this every single week. And when I say 1.3, those are the people that watch all three hours. I, I cannot figure that out. Because it's, it's dreadful television. Mm. And it's horrible to watch three hours of it. I would not wa- I would not wish it upon anyone. No. So it is a, it's a one out of five show live. If you're watching it on, the, on replay, though, where you can skip the ad breaks and skip the um, recaps and stuff, yeah, two out of five is a bit boring. However, though, the community poll, one out of five. Wow. 49% gave it one out of five. 21% gave it two out of five. 22% three out of five. But that is half of the votes gave it one out of five skews pretty low there very usually we'd say like the wrestling at least the at least there were a couple of good matches because the wrestlers generally have you know that that's good but there wasn't even that on this show very bad Uh, let's see what you have to say in the ultra chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. Vandalia1990. And he set it up. Oh, there's now the Hall of Fame music. It's back. I can't hear it. Well, no, we can't hear it. But, but I tested it. Sounds fantastic. Uh, well. So, Patreon this week. Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. The brand new series, brand new season of Wrestle League has begun. I won the last one, which is why I am not only the Jam That Champion, but I'm also getting to name my contender for the championship come the Royal Rumble, which will actually be the end of the next season. Not only that, at the end of this week, you and I are recording our review of Survivor Series 2003? Two. 2002. Oh my God. Yeah, so I've got I, I didn't want... <laughs> Thought I'd watched the wrong show then. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I couldn't remember which one it was. 2002. Yeah, so we're, we're recording that at the end of this week. Scott Steiner's debut. Poss- First ever Elimination Chamber match. Possibly even tomorrow? Have got some time? I doubt it. Oh, no, I'm off tomorrow. We can't do it. Yeah. Uh, maybe on Thursday. But anyway, so that'll be coming. I'll probably be dropping into your RSS feeds on Monday next week. But for now, a wonderful $25 a month or more, Patreons. The Mayor of Painesville, Dan. I can take some kind of bump, Aaron. We yeah. don't have to do the claps anymore because we've now got music. Oh, yeah. They're crazy, not barren. Ross Pooper Scooper Cooper. The man with the scoops, Sean. WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. He's got two first names, Matt Howard. More than the sum of his parts, Misha Sumra. David Lucasfilm. What's love got to do, got to do with it? Matthew Turner. Par for the course, Zajith. And lastly for this Hall of Fame class on the 23rd of November 2021, Tower of London, Nigel Morris. Let's get into your Ultra Chats then. Vandalia 1998. Next week, the Egg will be 24-7 champion and Beer 52 will be Jam That Champion beating Luke. 
can't that's a great branded integration put the title on the landing against beer 52 <laughs> the brand itself just be sitting here turn the turn the jam that championship into the iron iron man heavy metal weight i mean in all fairness you know the lads from beer 52 are wrestling fans, mm -hmm. so we could have them on a show Kevin May, I'm grumpy, so here we go. WWE's slogan should be, look what you made me do. Video packages aside, the production is bloody awful, amateurish and, sh amateurish and shoddy, and a storyline based around an egg, a effing egg, sorry for swearing, WrestleTalk is amazing. Well, thank you very much. The egg was great. But we did say this in the office earlier. Was the egg actually good, or did we just have fun mm. watching it because it was the four of us watching wrestling together? Yeah, probably the latter. I'm going to rattle through these. Riot DR, Seth Rollins' music is now over with the crowd. There were chants. It was quite fun throughout the night. Fantastic. By the way, do any of you remember the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, The Hillbilly Bears? Vince McMahon now signed, sounds like Poor Bear. Oh, I don't. Vince McMahon's voice, though. You, I think you put, it, you put it perfectly in the review. Vince McMahon has always hated having old people on his screens. That's why Howard Finkel was let go by the company from doing that job at the age of... 34 and he now is just like he's, he looks like a mummy yeah and he comes up with his drawn on eyebrows Cat, do you guys think Big E feels like a mid-card champion? Not saying he shouldn't be the top champion, but I don't buy into him as the top guy, mainly because they just hot-shot the title on him without building him as a top guy prior to him cashing in. But Cat, he had money in the bank. That's a push. <laughs> I totally agree, though. BL Dog, I actually did watch it live. I was asleep by the end of the riddle match. Thanks, WWE. Better than melatonin. The bad one, Jam Beard. Uh, best part of Raw was the fightful after show when Sean Ross Sapp confused Denise and then she went on to search on Google and Pornhub for step host and not understanding anything about what it was while Sean couldn't stop laughing. Raw is bad. I felt so bad for Denise in all of this. So what happened was is that like she started getting called step host as in, instead of like stepsister and stepbrother like that. So she thought that step host was a brand of porn. So she was going on Pornhub and, trying to, and she was trying to find it in there. But Sean wouldn't tell her that it was a term that they had just invented there right. and then. So then she was just like, there's lots of stepbrother and stepsister <laughs> and stepmom, but there's no like step host up. Eventually, Sean did get it. But even then, like Denise just was not getting it. I don't get the thing for the, the step stuff. Maybe it, I never had a step sibling. I guess that's what it is. It's popular in, a, you know, because Pornhub released that um, the map every mm -hmm. year that shows like, you know, the top porn trends. It's, it's popular in... Certain states. <laughs> Zooey Sung. Becky buries the entire division and they make Liv look like a dork, or as a comedy when watching with a group, by yourself is punishment. Yeah, is. The egg stuff was really dumb. I'm Generation Z, Z, and get called a millennial all the time. You get used to it. But if I'm the reason WWE women's division is in shambles, I apologize. It's your fault no one went to see the last jewel, Zoe. Yeah. So they keep blaming us for it. Mayor of Painesville, Dan. For the Raw Review. Last night on Wrestling Daily, Sat and SP3 started the revolution. It's time to open the forbidden door, Luke and Ollie. It's weird. A lot of people didn't seem to watch the show that I did, where I did say that I would defend the belt against Sat. Um, if I if I became champion again, I would defend it against him. People are now like, now it's time for you to open that forbidden door. I was like, hey, I opened it ages ago. Let Wrestling Daily enter Wrestle League and challenge for the championship. Please. Well, it should certainly be added to the office resolution. Mm -hmm. Nicholas Lama, sponsor Cam for Jam That Championship. After Luke's record-breaking run, of course, you guys should gift the old championship belt to Vince and see if you get a whodunit storyline. Good idea. It's worth upwards of £300. <laughs> but then we put the sticker on it. 
So it's probably worth upwards of £95. <laughs> uh, some Chinese characters, I don't know what they are. Uh, I think I might start a petition for the long-awaited Big Apple takedown moving from After Tuck to the Raw Review. I mean, we probably should, now that we're back in the office, pick that up again. God. I can't remember a single thing that happened in that book. I think Tory Wilson had just tried to seduce a guy to get his hard drive in his house, but was is that, almost, is that metaphor? almost spotted by fans outside the house. I, I'm pretty sure that was ages ago. Oh, that's I'm the last sure thing I remember. And Triple H was right, and <laughs> he foresaw everything that was coming. Benjamin John Milne, am I the only one who hears Robbie Rotten whenever Luke does his Vince impression? It's uncanny. Robbie Rotten, I think, was from Lazy Town? Don't know. Uh, Tem Ruzza, hey guys, back again after a bit of a break. Here's some of my <laughs> terrible Australian dollars. <laughs> Off topic today, guys. Saw the 007 film tonight and was a mixed emotions ride. Do you love the 007 franchise and which film is your favourite? Uh, so I, controversially, I'm not the <clears> biggest <throat> Bond fan and the Bond films that I like are the wackier Roger Moore Bond movies. Like I was like, oh god, I can't believe Bond went to space. I'm like, I can't believe you need to go to space more often. <laughs> those are way those are way more fun movies. I'm an Adam and Joe mm-hmm. position on this where it's like, I want him to have very silly gadgets. That's my Bond. Uh you only live twice for me, Sean Connery. The bad guy has a secret base in a mountain. In, in a volcano, that's, I think. That's what I want. That's, that's exactly the sort of bond that I want. Sean, thanks for donating. Uh, thanks for watching it as I do. Thanks for watching it as I do as well live in the UK. You're welcome, Sean. 52. Uh, and William Tocci Jr., Dana Brooke winning the 24-7 title is WWE's answer to Jordan Grace being Impact Social Media Champion. I, I, William, I don't think so. I don't I, think they're, would, they're aware that that's yeah. a thing. I don't think that WWE know who Jordan Grace is, let alone that they have a title that is for intergender mm. wrestling. They should do because she's awesome. She is but awesome. But that's all we've got time for for today's show. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. Go wait, over wait, there, wait, UK wait. viewers only, because you can get yourself 10 free craft beers. And this one's delicious. The, the sponsor cam's cut out again. Ah, hold on. Maybe we need to like gaffer tape that cable in. Mmm. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle talk. 10 free craft beers. UK viewers only. You only have to pay £5.95 for the postage and packaging. Yeah, it's a lot lighter than the uh, than the other one. But but... I've got to like run the the stream deck, and I had to do a clap then, and that was particularly difficult. It's going to be limiting in movement. It is. Oh, not the microphone. Do you want to quickly talk about the uh, your punishment video though? We were just recording. Well, yeah, I've uh, it's it's our truth's what's up. Of course, I recorded the bulk of it last week, but I needed to do the green screen parts today, and I did the green screen parts today. It's a low energy rap. The rap has the N word in three times. So I just manned up and said it. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? No, I didn't. Of course I didn't. It's not my word to say. It's not- and people who go, well, every- some people say it. I'm like, you're, you're misjudging like society, aren't you? Yeah. It's not, it's not cool. It's not cool to say. Uh, rap music, fine. It's the, well, like it, it, I would make, I would assume the argument is yeah, that's it's their culture. Yeah, 
It's like it's not my culture to step into and be like, well, now I'm going to say it as well. I'm not. I'm not Quentin Tarantino in this scenario mm. who loves saying it. Yeah, that uses it as punctuation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I did it, and hopefully it will be ready by the end of the week. I mean, I got to see a bit of it being recorded because I was manning the uh, prompter for you. Yeah, I thought it was terrific because it's. <laughs> The, the rapping is t- not me, not me manning the prompts. You're too kind. It's, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> you were good. We had to start and stop so many times. Well, no, but that's the, the cadence was off. That's the beauty of editing. Yeah, but I also hope so. like you know, we go back to this again. They're not meant to be good. I know. They're meant to be a bit naff. I think this one will be better than Fozzy, just because it's got some gimmicks in. Fozzy had plenty of gimmicks though. Yeah, but different kind and, of gimmicks. And, and I mean the band as well, as opposed to just yeah. singing. Right, shall we um shall we wrap this we up? We better, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh Tempest and that loser Pete, possibly two losers will be on the show tomorrow, um, doing the NXT review. Ollie and I'll be back on Thursday with the AEW podcast. Then on Friday, it's me and Denise. But it may not be Denise. I need to talk to her about that. Um, because we may do something about 2K22, in which case, not really the show for Denise. Thank you all <laughs> so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.